Welcome into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, Josh and Jill, live on a Wednesday, Jill. Live on a Wednesday. Hello. Is a big episode today. It is our part one of our mock draft for the NFL draft. So excited to dive into that. We'll get you the first 16 picks and who we think is going to be going in those spots. But first, Jill, I want to piss off some people today with our question of the day oh good i want to know what fan base do you hate the most oh this is the easiest question on (laughs) in the books (laughs) phillies or anybody in philly (laughs) the 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 way that the eagles quote-unquote celebrated their uh their super bowl a few years back by basically like burning down the city tearing down the city like, come on, what is that? That that just, I, I seeing those, like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we get it. Like, Philadelphia is a different city, and, like, there's, they're always known to be, you know, they'll, they'll love the hell out of you if you're great, but they'll also, like, when you're great, they burn down the city, and they trash the shit out of there. They threw batteries at Santa Claus! When Santa Claus was out on that Eagles field, like what? Snowballs. <laughs> like snowball, they were throwing like D batteries and shit out there. Like what are we? That's that hurts. <laughs> batteries, like big ass batteries. What are we doing? No, I Philly Philly fans can can I just just Philadelphia Phillies like you know you they they signed Bryce Harper to this. 13-year, $330 million deal or whatever. I think that's what it was for Bryce Harper. And he goes like 0 for 4 in his first game, and they're booing him to start the next game. It's like, God, you're going to have him for the next 13 years. You're just going <laughs> right. to sit there and boo him already? Like, what are we doing here? It's just, I, and yeah, they're, they're passionate, but this is, that's too much. I mean, yeah, they're professional athletes. They're getting paid a ton. I get, I mean, I get booing. To a degree, like like when the Mets fans were booing the Mets last year after they traded for Javi Baez, and they just completely sucked, and they weren't doing anything, and they had Lindor, and they had Baez, and they had Conforto, who now Conforto can't even find a team. He's still a free agent. Weird. Uh, so, like, I get why they were upset there, but then what, what was it? Javi Baez, that's, that's New York. So they, they've got their own weird fan base too and like but man Phillies just take it to another level and it makes me I don't know it pisses me off whenever like I I just I don't even know how Nick Sirianni was able to survive year one (laughs) with the Eagles the way that he started off that uh you know his his thing with you know oh I you know I like to make them play rock paper scissors uh during my draft process like how does he not get booed out of the state for that I, <laughs> but so he was able to make it through, but no, Philly fans are the worst. <laughs> I will also say Boston fans, the fact that they're just openly racist at Red Sox games and at Celtics games, obviously that's messed up. And that has been like very, that's very widely known that they are openly racist, but that's, 
that's a whole nother societal issue. But first, from strictly a fan perspective, from strictly my feelings on fans and sports, Philly can Philly needs to go like all those fans. They just need to get a life. <laughs> I'm going to move up the road and stay in Pennsylvania a little bit. And I'm going to go with Penn State fans. I do not like them one <laughs> bit. And that is due to when Something I went about down that to state. Uh, Went down to Indy for the Big Ten Championship game a few years back, and they were one of the most obnoxious fan bases I think I've ever seen and heard and met in my entire life. Just a very interesting group. I mean, it literally all that they chanted the entire night, we are Penn State! <laughs> literally, just the entire night. I'm like, dude, nothing else? Like, What was this? Was this the, you said Big Ten football championship, championship game? yeah. Yeah. Yep. So and just absolutely obnoxious, just like yelling stuff from the upper deck. And then my favorite though was there's two guys that were sitting behind us, just screaming the entire game, shouting, yelling at the Badgers. And then I took a little selfie in the uh, second quarter of them both passed out behind me and didn't even make it through the quarter. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> Maybe I'll have to oh, throw that, that up great. on socials if you know any of these guys. Yeah. You can shout them out. But uh, <laughs> no. And then just a special shout out to Los Angeles fans because I think a lot of them are fake and they just show up to games for just to be a who's who. I mean, every time you see any sort of Dodgers-Lakers game, it's always – Oh, look at all the celebrities in attendance. And I guarantee you they don't know half of the people that are even on the team or care about. Or look at the Super Bowl, for example. How many all of a sudden Rams All of a sudden fans. The Rock is the biggest Rams fan in the world. He's out there, you know, <laughs> introducing the team. Yeah. So it's... Well, that's, that you are definitely spot on with these L.A. fans where they are the biggest. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot that are diehard fans, but there's so I mean, many I mean, like just... Laker, a lot of Laker fans, like the ones, not the ones that are sitting in that bottom bowl mm-hmm. of Staples Center. Well, now it's what, crypto, crypto.com arena or whatever. <laughs> Instead Can't of the Staples Center, stupidest thing ever. But uh, no, I mean, a lot of the Lakers fans that sit, like in the upper bowl, those are guys that have been diehard since, you know, you know, the Magic Johnson days that aren't just aren't just pockets are lined with cash. That's not the case for them. But anybody basically that sits in that that bottom bowl of Staples Center, like, you know, they're just absolutely loaded with cash and probably like mostly there just to We'll be, we're, we're there. It's just bandwagon fans. We're there for you when you guys are great. Same thing with USC. Same thing with, I mean, we saw even when the Dodgers in the mid 2000s, when they weren't worth shit, yeah, they weren't. I mean, it's not like they were getting a whole ton of fan support. There were still, there were still Dodger, diehard Dodger fans there, but there's also a lot of fans that were there just, or that weren't there because the Dodgers weren't any good. So we've seen that with the Lakers. We saw that with USC football. I mean, so it's just a bunch of di- it's a bunch of bandwagon fans, but when you got all that kind of cash, why would you want to go watch a losing team if you're not really? Because I mean, <laughs> LA's it's a bunch of transplants from all over the country. Yeah. I kind of get it, but still, they are also when their team is good, they're also an extremely obnoxious bunch when they're <laughs> and they're only there for the good times. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of good times, you can find us at Dead Arm Sports. Woo! Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, YouTube. Sorry to blast your ear there. <laughs> that was great. Yes. 
<laughs> Jell can be found at Das Jell. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at Das JPEG. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Send us in any questions that you have. We are on YouTube now, so subscribe there. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast also on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail for free. Jell, what did you take a nice sip of there? It looked like a blonde. Uh, not quite. Okay. Uh, this is in... This one is a shout out to Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, uh, done this in the past, and but I am doing a special shout out to McConaughey today because we are going over our mock draft, and it looks like there's going to be no Longhorns drafted in the first round. <laughs> so gotta go Lone Star, the old the old bevy of uh, his HBO show with uh, Woody Harrelson. True Detective. True Detective. Great season. Absolutely fantastic! One well, of the best, one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Yes, I made a nice little summer drink here, a little vodka lemonade. So, yes, it's yeah. time. Oh yeah, now it's starting to heat time. up. Get the get the vodka, man. It's gonna be time. It's gonna be Tito's season pretty yes, soon sir. on my side. <laughs> Tito's and a little little Tito's lime juice, water, little little ice. Oh yeah, nice and refreshing drink. Absolutely, especially on those hot summer days. Big time. All right, Joe, you ready for this? Let's go. We're jumping right in. So, again... Hold up, hold up, slow down. Explain these rules, what we have at stake. All right, you said we're jumping right in. Well, jumping right into our mock draft is in we don't have any other news to go over. And was going to also preface, due to our recording schedule, yours truly has a little bachelor party going on this weekend, so Jell is flying up for that. So we're just going to have three episodes this week, so we are pushing these out on Monday. So if any news does come up in regards to trades this Again, we wanted to let you know we are recording on Monday for that, so that way you know where we're going to be good enough anyways. That. Yes, it will be good enough. But what we're going to do, Jell and I are going to go through each of the first-round picks, all 32. You're going to get 16 today, 16 tomorrow. And we're going to have a little fun with this, too. You know what we do to have fun here. We do a warm beer chug bet. So what we're going to do is if you get the pick right, you get a point, and that is the player and the corresponding number pick. So this isn't going to count if somebody trades in and drafts that same player. doesn't matter with the team. It's just seventh pick is X player. If that is correct, then you get a point for that. So that is correct. Person with the most points gets to harass the other person while they do a warm beer chug next week. So I am looking forward to watching you chug a beer. Oh, bring it on, buddy. <laughs> Ain't happening, Scooter. All right, Jill. So we'll start off here. Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you want to kick it off? You want me to kick it off? I figure whoever goes first, then the person, the next person can give their pick and then start up the next one. So do you want to kick uh, it off? Why or? don't you call heads or tails here? I'll, I'll, I'll flip a, not a coin, but I got a little, little, little pack of snooze next to me. Oh, nice. <laughs> what do you want? Heads or tails? I'll uh, we'll go snooze logo up. And you have the first, you have your choice here. Uh, I'll go second. All right. Number one overall pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do, oh, man, we need. We should have gotten the music, the, the ding-da-da-ding <laughs> or whatever. Edit it in. <laughs> Made, okay, I'm going to go Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. D-lineman slash, slash edge rusher, 
the the consensus number one pick most of this you know mock draft season most of this off season when the draft talk started going was Aiden Hutchinson but as of today again recording on a Monday live on a Monday uh, coming out on Wednesday <laughs> uh, he's now the new betting favorite for that number one overall pick so they were they were right going all the way back to when Baker Mayfield was picked you know there were talks in that draft in that 2018 draft where. You know, it was it was a battle between really five quarterbacks between or really, really three quarterbacks between Darnold, Allen and, and Baker and Baker made a late rise and Vegas pegged him as the number one guy. They, they got sources, man. Vegas has sources. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to he took the he took the number one spot now and I'm going to have to go with him. I mean, I personally I like Hutch as that number one pick. I think the Jaguars need something that's a guaranteed sturdy player, which I think Hutchinson, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is that guy. But the Jags are definitely going the upside play here. And I'm going to go Trayvon Walker, number one overall. All right, well, either we're both getting a point or both not getting a point because I also have Trayvon Walker from Georgia going number one overall to Jacksonville. Why wouldn't you want somebody that was a key cornerstone to the national champion defense of the Georgia Bulldogs? So, like you said, he kind of has jumped the rankings the last few weeks. Aiden Hutchinson and even early in the offseason, Kayvon Thibodeau was one that was talked about up in those top two spots as well. But Trayvon Walker's been climbing up boards, had a nice combine. So, no, I, Jacksonville, Great combine. like you said. <laughs> I mean, and and like you said, jump, speaking, I mean, speaking of jumping up boards, yeah. if you would have at the beginning of this draft process, his odds for going number one overall were at plus 3,000. Damn back when this kind of whole thing started. So he's gone from plus 3000 to now the favorite at last I saw was minus 160. So now you have to bet money. You have to bet more to win on if on Trayvon Walker where at plus 3000 you could have bet 10 bucks and cashed in at $300. So if you are smart enough to make that bet, although I can't imagine a whole lot of people out there machine. were doing it, <laughs> but uh, maybe Calvin Ridley, he could have been out there. He might, oh, you know, geez. maybe he had some insight. <laughs> no, Trayvon Walker for both of us at that number one spot. Uh, and it was one of those two that Jacksonville definitely going into the offseason could have used some O-line help with Trevor Lawrence, but they did make some splashes there throwing Splash. some money around, just getting that short up. So D-line is definitely their big need, and Trayvon would go a long ways in helping them resolve that. For sure. And it, I think, I mean, that that those two edge rushers, him, Josh Allen, on those on the, the edge, that's <laughs> career transition. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just a nasty, nasty uh, combo there. All right, well, I have a feeling we're probably going to have the same pick here for the Detroit Lions, but with Jacksonville grabbing Trayvon Walker off the board, next up for me is Aiden Hutchinson. So keeping him no! in the state of Michigan. So <laughs> Edge Rusher had an absolute fantastic season, was up there in the Heisman talks, led Michigan into the playoff for the first time. So Detroit got Penny Sewell last year, which was pretty solid getting that tackle position. Quarterback is a need for them, but there isn't a quarterback worth that number two pick right now. So Aiden Hutchinson's absolute game changer and is going to wreak havoc in that NFC North for years to come. So I like Detroit going Aiden Hutchinson here. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I of course go to go, go. Gonna go Aiden Hutchinson here as well at that number two spot. There was talks about Malik Willis and the Lions yeah. having some, you know, being intrigued by Malik Willis, but don't he's do it. Such Detroit, a project at number two. They have so many other needs, and uh, I mean, they, you know, they. That I I like some of their offensive pieces. I think they can get away with one more year with Jared Goff at the you know there, and if they just go balls deep on defense, that D line, and and hopefully getting another secondary piece. They've got a they've also got the number thirty two pick in this draft, so they've got two first rounders. That was the Rams pick in from the uh, Matt Stafford trade, the number thirty two pick. So they got two first round picks. I think if they go, you know, you get. Aiden Hutchinson, who is, I think, the safest pick out of anybody in this draft, at least, especially at least on the defensive side. Uh, I, I'm definitely gonna. I think Aiden Hutchinson's gonna be there. He's probably gonna be a double-digit sack type of guy for the next, you know, probably eight of the next ten years, and that's that's hard to pass up, especially a guy like you said out of Michigan. So just keep him in state. Immediate fan favorite. He's gonna be pumped to be there. You know, staying in Michigan. And, you know, surrounded by his people. So I think that this is just, you know, the Lions are going to be pretty, they have to be pretty happy with with Hutchinson being available here at that number two spot. Yeah, especially last week we were talking about do they give up picks to move up to number one right. to grab <laughs> yeah. him. So they're probably pretty excited that Trayvon Walker's jumped up board so that that way they can uh, keep Hutchinson in state. And again, Trayvon Walker has that upside yes. or a little bit more of that athletic upside that Hutchinson maybe doesn't have, but Hutch is the guaranteed thing. And that's what, that's what Detroit needs is, is just guaranteed production. So they have to be stoked. All right, moving on to number three, the Houston Texans. Shocker. They're back at the top of the <laughs> draft board, <laughs> although they do deserve it. They didn't have one. They didn't have any first last year. So after their their run of Bill O'Brien's shitty trades, Gosh, how bad he's he been? Fuck he, that he was just he just <laughs> ruined that team. But uh, no, number three pick. I mean, they have a t- they have enough needs to you know they've got. You could say they have a need at every position, really. <laughs> but I think you have to go. I think you have to go with the just another immediate impact edge rusher. And I'm going to go cave on Thibodeau. So I've got the top three guys being being these edge rushers, defensive linemen. There's there has been a lot of talks about a lot of talk about him potentially falling down draft boards concern about uh, his work ethic, you know, he's he's been pretty public about saying that, you know, he has also has business uh, business goals as well. So he's not just, you know, a meathead football guy like where some coaches, some GMs probably want that. But and he's you know, he's been he's saying that he's there's a lot of people that say he's focused on his brand. That's why there are talks about him potentially falling down some of these draft boards, but everybody has everybody thinks about business with how much money's out there now, especially being, you know, a top 10 pick. We're seeing we're seeing it now more than ever this kind of, you know, NBA, they led the way with this quote-unquote player empowerment movement. And now it's kind of trickled in the NF, into the NFL with how much money's out there. So of course everybody's going to be focused on that. It's in it's in college football now with the NIL. So everybody cares about money. They're not just out here playing the game for free. This isn't pee wee football. So I think that you know, I, 
and and also concerns about his work ethic or you know he takes some plays off that could be a potential concern uh i've seen you know and he's compared himself to Devion Clowney which isn't exactly the you know you don't that's not necessarily somebody that you want to compare yourself with if you want to be a top really high end pick but i think that ultimately this is just people picking apart a guy that's been regarded as a top three picks since he came into school at Oregon and uh I think he goes number three to the Texans it's funny you compared him to J.D.B. and Clowney because the Houston Texans were the team that drafted J.D.B. at number one <laughs> so yeah interesting there but uh no we have our first difference here and I think Houston like you touched on they have a lot of holes to fill Thibodeau is somebody I could definitely see them drafting due to Lovey Smith being the head coach. Going to want an impactful defensive guy coming in, obviously defensive head coach there. But I think that they're going to try and get that O-line going. So I've got Evan Neal coming off of the board here from Alabama. Big-bodied lineman to get some protection on that line. you got to see what you have in Davis Mills. Showed flashes last year. Didn't have a lot of weapons around him. Didn't have a great line. So I think... They're in rebuild mode right now. They seems like they've been in rebuild mode for a while. With basically <laughs> what Deshaun was it, three last, but yeah, still. But I I think they can definitely get a solid cornerstone on that line for their future in Evan Neal. Obviously, Alabama's produced some great linemen over the last few years. Their track record. So I think Evan Neal's a nice hit here at three. He's a, just a huge. He's six foot six. <laughs> played at Alabama. That's pretty much generally like. Yeah, he's going to be a good player. So, can't definitely can't fault you there and yeah, again, that you know, they they've got Laramie Tunsil on one side of the line, but he's also talked about in the past there's been rumors about him wanting a trade. So, you could probably bring in Neil here and and see if maybe you send away Tunsil, get a pick for next year or or draft a tr- or 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 uh <laughs> <laughs> or get a draft date, make a draft day move and see if you can get another, you know, maybe a second for Tunsil. Cause he's, cause Tunsil's a really good player. Mm. Uh, but so maybe you can move him there and then just plug Evan Neal into that left tackle position, or you bring in Neal to be your right tackle this year, let Tunsil go next off season and then just, and then shift him over to the other side of the line. But I agree that they definitely need to protect, do whatever they can to protect Davis Mills. If they want to see any sort of future out of him, we have, we saw what happened with David Carr yes. uh, with no offensive line. <laughs> not so, great, Bob. <laughs> not great, Bob. <laughs> All right. Fourth up on the draft is the New York Jets. This one I was a little bit torn with. They, again, are a team that needs a lot of holes. And ultimately, I was leaning possibly having sauce come off of the board here but i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with the o-line theme you just drafted zach wilson this last year so i'm gonna i'm gonna take equim aquanu from nc state off the board here get some more help on that line give zach wilson some time and the jets again they've got another pick coming up in the 10 spot so you can definitely look to Go with skill position players there. Shore up the defense if you want to there. We'll get into my pick there at 10. But, again, with having a young quarterback, you need to give him time to throw the ball. So I, I like them taking a O-lineman here. Yeah, I was really tempted to go Aquano here as well. Um, but I think ultimately, I, I you know, uh, 
head coach, uh, was the previous defensive coordinator at for the Niners. Yep. And I think that he's going to want to go defense here. And as well as Woody Johnson, he remembers Darrell Revis and how much of an impact that Revis had with the Jets uh, for, for a long time. I mean, he shut down half the field. So I'm going to go Sauce Garner, corner out of Cincy. I, again, really tempting to go offensive line, but they did go pretty offensive line heavy last year, and I think they want to let that that line develop a little bit. And, you know, I, I just think that they have they still have that Revis, you know, comparison in the back yeah. of their head. And again, at, Cin- in, at Cincinnati, Sauce really did shut down like half the field most of the time. Yeah. Granted, it's not like he was playing against the best competition, but he is the most true shutdown corner in this draft. And if this defense can, if you can shut down half the field uh, with their, you know, with your corner and just continue to build on that defensive line and edge rushers, they do still have Carl Lawson there as an edge or, you know, as one of that, one of those D lineman edge rushers. So I think that that's, that helps solidify at least, you know, potentially half the field there, which the Jets, they they clearly need help defending the pass as well. So this I think I think the sauce is the boss on this one. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I also could have seen them go pass rusher potentially, but after I picked these top three guys off the board, there's not really another pass yeah, rusher I'd be a little bit for. Right so. All right, who do you got for five? Number five, this is <laughs> This is going to be my first offensive lineman off the board, and it is ya boy, Evan Neal. Uh, again, I mean, we've seen the Giants struggle so mightily on that offensive line, and they, they I mean, if they want Saquon to have any future with this team, they have to give him somewhere to run. He's had nowhere to run over these last couple of years, and Evan having Evan Neal there as you'd ideally be able to punch him into that left tackle spot right away, right off the bat. Right now it's Andrew Thomas and at that left tackle spot. Uh, to, what was it? Last year, two years ago out of USC, he was supposed to be that stud tackle. Hasn't really panned out that well. He's still probably worthy of being a right tackle, or maybe you throw Andrew Thomas into that interior line. But you have to go Evan Neal here. Protect protect Daniel Jones's backside this year and then whoever they draft that quarterback next year <laughs> they'll know they at least have you know a cornerstone piece on that offensive line so Evan Neal's my that's my pick here nice yeah based on my mock draft how it kind of shook out here Giants were hoping for Quanu to fall to them but Jets took them the pick before so I'm going to have them filling another need again. The Giants have quite a few holes to fill, so they're just kind of looking best overall at this point. And Sauce is on the board, so Sauce is the pick here I have going to the Giants. Saucy. So, like you said, he's an absolute shutdown corner. You can lock him in there day one and have him compete against the rest of the division there. Obviously, the top cornerback in the draft, so I, I like the Giants there taking Sauce with him falling down to five. Yeah, I mean, another piece to consider there is that they've got, they also have the number seven pick. Correct, yep. So they don't need to reach for a, an offensive lineman here. Yep. So going sauce, lining him across the field from uh, from James Bradbury, that turns that corner position into a, into the best in the division right there with, with that pick. So I dig that. 
All right, next up, Carolina Panthers are picking at six. This is a spot that I'm kind of interested in to see if Carolina trades out of at some point. They do have quite a bit that they need, but their organization's kind of in that, what do we do at this point in time? So I could see them trading back and just kind of trying to get more picks to fill some of the positions, but... Do you see this a spot for a team to possibly move up? Depending, this is another one though that I think somebody would need to fall. I don't think you can go Malik Willis here, a team trading up. That's still early for him. I don't necessarily think any of the top wide receivers you're trading up into six for, but if one of those top tackles falls, or maybe even if Sauce is here at this point in time, maybe somebody's trading up and in for this position. Um, yeah, I, I would think that. I would think that if. I just don't know who's necessarily worth trading up for unless you don't have to, you know, give up that much. I yeah. mean, it's, I don't, there it's again, the, the Panthers are being just outside that top five. They're in that such a goofy spot where mm-hmm. where I mean, what, I don't know. I mean, let's say, let's say Thibodeau falls here. Maybe somebody wants to get up and try to get a really, uh, you know, a high end pass rusher. That's maybe where I could see somebody trading up. It'd be hard I, I think Sauce is long gone here. Maybe not long gone, but I think he's probably gone by pick six. And the other thing, too, it's a pretty deep cornerback draft. Sauce is definitely the best of the bunch, but I don't know if it's necessarily worth giving up additional draft capital when you've still got guys like Stingley, who's, you know, he's he's still available. You've got you've got two you've got two corners out of Washington that could be potential first round picks as well that are prop that are gonna fall in you know, fall later on. So I don't know if I necessarily see somebody trading up for sauce unless they don't have to, unless they give, you know, trade a first and a something late round to move yeah. up to that sixth spot. But I think it's probably most likely if one of those tackles or, or if, you know, Thibodeau is available and somebody really fell in love with him. So for this, again, with ours, we're just going to kind of talk spots that we think there could potentially be a trade just to kind of see if the other person's in agreement or where we're at with this. But for our mock draft sake, we're not doing any trades, or at least I did not. So, But Carolina Panthers are on the clock here. And like your reasoning for the Giants, Gel, I'm going to have them take in O-line. I'm going to go Charles Cross out of Mississippi State Ooh. just to kind of – shore up that line to protect whoever they're going to be having back there after Sam Darnold is gone. So <laughs> get him. They're going to need somebody. <laughs> yeah. So he's the next best lineman on the board currently last one for quite some time. So I, I don't know. Carolina needs a bit to, again, you can't draft a quarterback here. It's just a reach and you don't know what you're going to be doing. I don't know. You're smiling. Maybe you are Jake taking a quarterback here, but uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stick line here and have them grab the best overall position right now. You'll have to uh, find us on YouTube on our YouTube channel <laughs> to see our facial expressions yes. here. Uh, number six, I'm going to, I'm, I'm saying Matt rules going to fight for his job and fight for a little bit of longevity with his job. And this is, going to be the biggest overdraft i think (laughs) in the draft here but with how again with how desperate matt rule is and trying to fight for his job whether that's this season or trying to buy himself for one more year i have i'm i'm gonna say they they take kenny pickett and i hate the pick 
But I think, again, like I said, massive overdraft. But we see this every year where quarterbacks get overdrafted. And I think it's going to be Pickett's the first one off the first one off the board. He definitely he doesn't have the highest upside from what we've seen, what we've heard from, you know, from the the uh, you know, the analysts out there. But uh, he is the most he is the most <laughs> NFL ready at the moment. And that's what Carolina needs. That's what Matt Rule needs is somebody that can hopefully jump in right away. Day one. I think he's pretty comparable to Darnold. I mean, in terms of athleticism, in terms of, you know, in terms of just straight up ball placement, ball accuracy, or uh, probably a little bit more accurate. But He's, but he's shown, I mean, he's older than when Sam Darnold came out. I mean, we, we heard that I used to, it's hard to even hard to get away from that quote from Darnold back when he was facing the Patriots on Monday night football, when he saw, or when he said he was out there seeing ghosts. That's what happens when you start a 20, 21 year old, when the jets were starting Darnold Pickett's not going to be out there flustered like that. I think he can step in. I don't think he's going to go out there win the division day one or anything, even though it's a weak division, but he can probably provide at least some stability. There's definitely a ceiling with Pickett, but he can hopefully provide some st- some stability for the Panthers, which they are in desperate need of. No, oh, that'll be interesting. That's definitely a hot take with Kenny Pickett. I mean, in a lot of drafts, he's not the first quarterback off the board, but no, I, I like the reasoning with Matt Rule. Say, trying to save his job. I mean, there's talks that he might get canned after this year, and granted, he hasn't had a quarterback to work with, so it's not really necessarily fair. But no, I could definitely see them trying to make something happen. All right, Giants are next up on the clock. Gel, are they uh, going to O line again? <laughs> I actually was very, very tempted for them to just go O-line, double down on offensive tackles and move Andrew Thomas to that guard spot. So I was really, because I've still got, I've still got uh, Iki Kwanu out there available. Oh, dang. Okay. So I was, it was insanely tempting to do that. Um, and, and was also tempted to start looking at wide receiver because we have now heard that Kadarius Tony's on the block. So is Darius Slayton. And Slayton is as well. Yeah. Okay, so I think that they, I was, t- so there's <laughs> there's the temptation there as well. I mean, they also need defensive linemen. They need an edge rusher. Ultimately, I think that they just go best player available. And right now, I think it's going to be Kyle Hamilton. That's the best player available. They obviously, you know, you went secondary with your first pick for the Giants with Sauce. I'm going to go secondary as well with Kyle Hamilton. I think Derwin James is a great comp for Hamilton. Uh, just, just you know, all just all around player can can play in the box, can blitz, but can also drop back in coverage. Also, ball hawk. Def- Giants just need playmakers, and I think Kyle Hamilton can be that playmaker. So I'm going to go. I'm going to. I hate going safety top ten, but. I think they just they have so many damn needs. I think that he may be the best skill position player available on both on either side of the ball. And that's why I gotta go Hamilton here. No, I like it. I again the Giants who talk about need O line help, but in my mock draft, Charles Cross went to pick before them, and I don't have anybody coming off. The next O lineman on my board is Kenyon Green, and it's not the time to take him. So that is still a few picks away. So I've got them going to 
defense again, shoring up that defense and somebody that fell a little bit on my board. You talked about him a little bit earlier is Kayvon Thibodeau. So there you go. Giants sauce in Thibodeau. I mean, that just absolutely jump starts the defense That's and makes nice. that a very scary defense. So I That's think nice. the Giants probably were not maybe thinking that necessarily going into the draft, but I think they can walk away happy with those two picks. So you touched on Thibodeau as somebody that to start off the season, top three, minimum pick in this year's draft just an absolute monster when he's out there so definitely uh bring back the michael strahan days of the giants and have somebody at least fierce on that line to put some pressure on the yeah they're definitely desperate for that <laughs> yes <laughs> so next up on the clock is the atlanta falcons at eight if i don't know i could I don't necessarily know if they're going to go quarterback here. It is a spot that I could see them going quarterback. I mean, obviously Marcus Mariota is not the long-term solution, but Oh, what? I like <laughs> <laughs> I like them getting other guys here and then just looking at the quarterback crop next year. So, I'm I'm going to skip a quarterback position here. And I'm actually going to take my first wide receiver off of the board. Calvin Ridley suspended for the year. No more Julio Jones. I mean, what is it? Zacharias is their top receiver right now, I believe. Not great, Bob. Yeah, so <laughs> not ideal. So. Kyle Pitts, I mean. Kyle Pitts, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, who I mean, he was playing out hybrid. wide last year, but yes. still, like, he's supposed to be a tight end. Yeah, so <laughs> there's a few guys that I could see them going with in that wide receiver but i'm gonna say drake london off of the board big body guy six four has a little bit of speed out of usc so give marcus Mariota somebody to throw the ball to outside of kyle pitts and get that wide receiver locked up so i'm gonna i'm gonna go drake london here okay uh i'm gonna go same position different player here uh i, I normally in the past you know, I, I would have said they need to go offensive line here, especially because they are going to have an incoming. I Again, I have them. There's no quarterback here that I think is worth taking. No. Uh, so and I think that normally in the past I would have said, OK, take care of this offensive line. Get yourself, get your quarterback, your incoming quarterback. Make sure he's protected, etc. But Jamar Chase kind of. Kind of flipped my opinion on that last year. <laughs> I, I mean, I was all in on Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase for the Bengals, and Jamar Chase clearly turned out to be the right pick there. So I'm I'm gonna follow that model. I'm gonna play I'm gonna play copycat here. Copycat that Bengals model. And again, same position, different player, Garrett Wilson. I think he's very, you know, given that Calvin Ridley is out at least this year potentially who knows how long he's he's gonna be out i mean he doesn't from what we've seen at least publicly he doesn't seem to be very remorseful and i don't think that's doing him any favors with the nfl even before his suspension went down there was talks that he didn't they didn't even know if he wanted to play for the falcons anymore i mean there's trade rumors going around about him yeah yeah too so yeah Good call with that. And there were there were a number of guys that were or there were a number of teams that had reached out to the Falcons before this suspension came down and the Falcons, you know, in good faith turned down any offer, which good by them. That I mean, if they would have if they would have given, you know, made one of these trades, gotten an extra first, that would have burned all bridges for any potential deals going forward <laughs> right. under, you know, for as long as Arthur Blank owns the team. So 
I I'm I think they made the right move by by not turning that down. But either way, going back to Garrett Wilson, I mean, I feel like he's you know he's he's great route runner, pretty speedy guy. He's not necessarily the you know he's a different type of receiver than Drake London, where London is a great red zone threat, great you know great catch radius, bigger dude. Uh, where Garrett Wilson's more kind of the shifty type of guy, type of player. Uh, I think that that's more, that's kind of what they need, somebody that can really break plays in the open field. And that's what Garrett Wilson can bring, especially given that they've got Kyle Pitts as that, you know, as a primary red zone threat. I think that's mostly taken care of. That's why I didn't go Drake London. But I think we're both on the same, we're obviously both on the same page with the positional need. So uh, I'm going Garrett Wilson here. Uh, and, and don't forget, they also lost Russell Gage yeah. to Tampa. Tampa. So like you mentioned, Zacharias, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, they need it. They're, they're extremely desperate at wide receiver. So uh, I, I, I've got... I've just got a different receiver and going Garrett Wilson myself. Uh, on to the number nine pick with the Seattle Seahawks. This one came over in the Russell Wilson trade from the from the uh, the Donkeys, uh, Denver Broncos. And this is something that Seahawks, as I mentioned on the previous episode, they have never addressed the offensive line when Russell Wilson was there. And they have an amazing offensive lineman available to them here. <laughs> so why not give the big fuck you to Russ? <laughs> Iki Ikwanu, right away, right <laughs> off the bat. First pick after not taking care of Russ all year, they decide, okay, or all uh, all career, they decide, let's take care of Drew Locke and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and take an offensive lineman here. He's probably going to go higher than this, if I'm being totally honest. But the way that... My personal board fell. I there's no way he's. I don't think there's any chance that he falls past this pick. Um, this is the absolute last, you know, number nine in the draft. He's definitely not getting to ten or beyond. Uh, so you know, he again, Russ never got any help, and he thankfully never had any ish injury injury issues. But Hawks are gonna do this. They're gonna want to protect their incoming quarterback next year after Drew Locke, unless Locke wins the MVP, which I think he will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but once they get a new, once they end up in the top five with a top five pick next year and they end up tra- taking a quarterback, they know they're going to have a cornerstone offensive lineman there. So I- Iki Kwanu is my number nine pick. Nice. My pick also is going to help out Drew Locke quite a bit, and it's going to help Drew Locke see that his days are numbered. So I have my first quarterback off the board here, and oh. I have Seattle drafting Malik Willis. So wow, it's they know it's a project, and I don't necessarily like the fit here, but Seattle, who knows? I mean. Right now with Drew Locke, they should have a top five pick next year, but that's not going to guarantee you get one of the top quarterbacks off the board next year either. So I like them seeing that this is the time we've got a chance to grab whoever we want here at quarterback. There isn't any off the board and draft him Malik Willis. So he can sit for a little bit behind Drew Locke. And I also think Pete Carroll is going to have a little bit of a say in that too. He doesn't have a ton of years left for coaching, and I don't think he wants to spend them trying to – <laughs> win games or be Good competitive point. with Drew Locke. So 
Again, Malik Willis is definitely a question mark. He is the most talented quarterback in the draft, but also one of the most unpolished. So just incredibly raw. Yes. So it's raw dog in it. It'll be Seattle. Interesting. But I, I like Seattle saying that we we need a quarterback here. Drew Locke is not the answer. And we'll let Malik sit behind him for a little bit. While we see that he doesn't win the MVP award and then put Malik Willis in towards the <laughs> end of the season. So. All right. Oh, shit. And then next up on the board, I have the New York football Jets. And my first pick at the four spot, they drafted Aquanu. So they got that O-line short up. And what else can you do to help out Zach Wilson? That is getting him a pass catcher. So I've got my next wide receiver coming off of the board here. Little bit of a surprise. This guy probably would have been the top wide receiver off of the board, but he tore his ACL. So dropped him back a little bit, but I wow. have the Jets really liking Jamison Williams and taking him here. Saw some video come out over the weekend. He's progressing really well with his rehab. ACL tears aren't what they used to be. So I don't see any issues with that. Maybe a late start to training camp but i've got the jets taking a nice speedy wide receiver here to help out zach wilson and drafting jameson williams out of roll tide alabama (laughs) i love it uh i think that he is very possibly the best receiver in the draft entirely uh i i just think that the jets may be thinking okay we already have or, or sorry, thinking we need to get Zach Wilson like going right away. And Jameson Williams isn't going to be ready, at least in the beginning of OTAs, in the beginning of training camp. It doesn't sound like, no. uh, given how late in the year he tore that ACL. So I think that's the only, that may be the main reason why the Jets don't go Jameson Williams here. But I do think that he's probably the most talented wide receiver in this class, at least, you know, he may end up having the best, career out of any of these receivers uh i'm gonna stick with the same position though and i'm gonna get him i'm gonna get him a big boy and the guy that you took at eight <laughs> it's gonna be drake london yeah i i mean my biggest debate here was between wide receiver and pass rush i had that same debate with their first pick at four i wanted i wanted pass rush there at four but with those top three guys off the board i obviously had to go you know pivot over to sauce gardner they could. There are there are a couple pass rushing options here. Jermaine Johnson, uh, amongst you know, amongst some others, but uh, you know, Kirloftis uh, from Purdue, Purdue. But they have to get they have to get Zach Wilson some weapons. Drake London again get great catch radius, high points, balls really well, and so the combination of Drake London on one side, Elijah uh, Moore. Elijah Moore on the I almost said Mitchell. Elijah Moore on the other side. That's a that's a really strong young core that that you can also figure out pretty quickly if Zach Wilson's got it or not with these weapons. So Drake London for me, but I love the pick of Jamison Williams. I just don't think the Jets are gonna have the balls to do it. Yeah. Uh number eleven pick, the Washington Commanders. The the commies, commandos. the commandos as I like to refer to them as the football team. <laughs> Another receiver off the board for me here, and it's and I think they're gonna it's gonna just be a it's gonna be a double trouble from former Buckeyes Chris Olave here. Uh, 
not only the you've also you've got right now the threat of Terry, Scary Terry, McLaurin uh, potentially moving on without a new contract extension, but I think that they can work that out, especially if he, you know, you bring in another Buckeye that usually helps kind of, kind of, you know, it's a little, you know, a little, little butter on the bread with that. So, uh, <laughs> makes it a little tastier. It also, this also helps keep Deami Brown away from that number two wide receiver, <laughs> which he has not shown he's capable no. of. So keeps him at that number three or four receiver. And it also keeps Curtis Samuel out of that number two receiver role where he can just kind of flourish as that gadget player. So which which is exactly where where Curtis Samuel should be. So I'm going to I'm going to add a weapon for Carson Wentz, which he Wentz clearly needs those weapons. And I, it's it's a lobby for me here at 11. Yeah, no, I, I love adding a weapon here to help out Carson Wentz and also hedge in case Terry does end up leaving or sits out and they end up having to trade him and like you I also was thinking Ohio State wide receivers and Mr. Garrett Wilson is still on the board for me so this is where I have him going so again he is one like you had touched on he easily could be the first wide receiver off of the board here I think kind of take your pick with some of these guys the wide receiver class is so deep there isn't anybody that's a standout, but there are a lot of really, really solid guys. So it could be pretty much any order for me. Garrett Wilson's on the board here, absolute monster. That would that's a great that's great a great pick. At, if Washington. they can get Garrett Wilson at eleven, I would love that. Yep. So I've got him going there. Nice four three eight forty. So give Carson Wentz uh, somebody to throw a nice duck to down the field and. <laughs> We'll roll from there. Oh, I'm into it. <laughs> All right, number 12, Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. and Is this it? It's time. I think we were matching up here. I had talked about it last, going I think last week. But, uh, yeah, got the second best cornerback that's a very 1B to 1A, Derek Stingley Jr., absolute monster out of LSU, had a very nice um, pro day at his at LSU, so Minnesota's defense has not looked great the last few years. Derek Stingley Jr. would give them a huge, huge boost to that defense, match him up against some of the other wide receivers that are in that division. Granted, right now, without Devontae Adams in that division, it's uh, not There's too, really no, not there's nobody scary, to cover. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Khalif Raymond? All the, <laughs> there's all nobody, the better. There's nobody to defend. All the better they have the best two Derek receivers Stingley in the Jr. division. <laughs> yes. So I'll give him some uh, nice practice going up against them in their practice, though. So, But, no, I, I like Derek Stingley here. And he's somebody that potentially could slip into that top ten, but – for this one, Minnesota's sitting there, and he's there at number twelve. So I like Stingley here. Yeah, I mean it, his his freshman year, absolute stud, complete money baller, and then his production just his production was in absolutely incredible for his freshman year. If he would have been, if he would have came out his freshman year, he would have he would have gone certainly higher than here at twelve. He probably would have he could have been a top five pick even as a well he would have been what a nineteen or twenty year old. <clears throat> But no, I he you know production fell off a little bit his sophomore year and then his junior year this past season, not great production and then dealing with a foot injury. So he's coming off this foot injury, Liz Frank injury, which is it can be a really tough recovery. It's really it's really the middle of your foot, so it's not on an extremity where it's something that can just you know kind of quickly heal. With it being in the middle of your foot, 
it's you can't it's not like you can run on it it's a really hard rehab type of type of an injury so it's just gonna take time and uh but no i love i love stingley here again another you know another lsu cornerback that's he's right he's right there with patrick peterson as the other probably the next best i mean cornerback maybe best ever to come out of lsu just with how great patrick peterson has been his entire career so you've got an epic mentor there and he's getting up there in age harrison smith Defensive back also getting up there in age, so you got to start replenishing that that uh, that DB room. And Stingley's a perfect pick here, I think, for the Vikings. Uh, moving on to thirteen, Texans. I had them take Thibodeau at that number three spot, and I'm gonna. I was I was extremely tempted to go offensive line here. I decided to pass on it because they still do have Tunsil there as one of their tackles. So I've got them doubling down on edge rushers and I've got Jermaine Johnson coming out of here, coming here out of Ohio state. Uh, I think right now, you know, if you, you know, looking at a bunch of, you know, best player available type of, you know, the uh, different mocks and whatnot, he's up there. He, he, he really is a top 10 talent. And so I think the Texans with them being able to pair him with Thibodeau, you're going to have two elite young pass rushers right out of the gate starting this season finally coming off the board i mean you you all they've i mean i guess you know from here on the obvious focuses are going to be offensive line and definitely that wide receiver room given that branding it's brandon cooks nico collins and then you know a who's who but this this draft is deep enough at wide receiver that i was willing to pass on a receiver here and and get who in my mind is the best player available and and I want Jermaine Johnson here. No, I I love Houston getting a defensive player here. So that's that's a great pick. Jermaine Johnson, I'll be talking about him in a little bit here this episode, a little foreshadowing there for you, but Houston right now is sitting at 13 and this pick I'm about to read could potentially be the steal of the draft here at 13. And it's Kyle Hamilton. He's still on my board right now. Can throw him into that safety position and would be solid. fantastic. So Lovey Smith would absolutely love to get somebody in that secondary here to help get that defense back to his standards. And no better player to do that than Kyle Hamilton. Somebody like you had touched on could has been talked about all over the top ten and have him slip here to the thirteen. I think Houston would jump on that. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, obviously, I had him going a lot higher, but I think this is a more appropriate. Generally, I think this is a more appropriate place to draft. The top safety is in that teens, um, so yeah, he is he's definitely the best player available. I you know on your board, we we both went best player available on each of our boards. Mm-hmm. So I and I think that that's the best way to go to go about this. Number 14 is the Baltimore Ravens, and Baltimore Ravens play in that AFC North that just likes to beat each other up. So I have them bringing in somebody in a division that likes to just kind (laughs) of beat each other up. I have them bringing in a big boy, one of the biggest boys in the draft here, Jordan Davis. So throw him into the middle of that D line and just have him start destroying offensive lines. So he had (laughs) absolutely fantastic 40 time 
dude is just an absolute monster and i think he would look fantastic in purple and <laughs> scare the crap out of opposing offenses especially on the ravens who are well known for their defense with john harbaugh i think he'd absolutely love jordan davis here yeah, I mean, we saw we saw what Haloti nod of the defense or the impact that he made for a decade with the Ravens. This is a pretty comparable player, extremely athletic and extremely giant. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that pick here. I was very tempted here for the Ravens to go. Uh, I I had two defensive, great defensive fits for for the Ravens here between Devin Lloyd and Jordan Davis, but ultimately after last season with Lamar going down as many times as he did and being injured and obviously really impacting that season. I had to go offensive line. Charles Cross is still on the board for me, that tackle out of Mississippi State. So, I, you know, again, I love the fit of Devin Lloyd. They already have Patrick Queen. I love the fit of Jordan Davis, but I think you can go Charles Cross here and, you know, they do have Ronnie Stanley right now on the left side of the, you know, their, as their left tackle, but they could fit in Charles Cross right either right off the bat, either as that left guard or right tackle. And then Stanley's only got one year or they can get out of that deal at 2024 when his money really starts to is going to really that's when it can start kind of being a little bit more expendable is after after uh, the 2023 season. So Bring in Charles Cross, have him start off, you know, either left guard or right tackle, and then eventually move him over to that left tackle spot, and they can move off of Stanley. So I just think I after Lamar went down, we saw how how much of that impacted the Ravens season. Tyler Huntley did have some nice flashes. He ain't Lamar. So I <laughs> no. so and Lamar's the biggest uh you know, the the most important investment on that Ravens team and I think they got to protect him. So as much as I do love the some a couple defensive fits for Baltimore, I had to, I just have to protect Lamar at this point. And plus with Cross still being available at 14 where he could have been a top 10 pick, I I I got to I got to protect Lamar. All right, who you got for Philly at 15? At 15, I'm going to talk I'm going to go with one of the players that I just talked about, uh Devin Lloyd. Linebacker out of Utah, uh, he he could be a you know a top twelve, top ten pick if one of these teams are desperate enough. I could see him potentially going to the Panthers at six, even just trying to you know trying to almost fill in that Luke Keekley role. Uh, Devin Lloyd does have that type of skill set, and we saw how impactful Keekley was on that defense. I'm not saying Devin Lloyd's going to be a Hall of Famer the same way that Keekley was. But he's got that skill set, so I could see him going as high as six. I think the Eagles need to go. I, they do have other team needs than linebacker immediately, but I do love that linebacking core then with Devin Lloyd, TJ Edwards, shout out, and <laughs> and then Hassan Reddick as well. So that linebacking core then turns into a, just an absolutely stud position group for the Eagles, and uh, that's why I'm going to go Devin Lloyd here. Nice. I am also on the defensive side of the ball here. Somebody you had already taken with your pick 13. I'm going Jermaine Johnson. I think he'd be absolutely fantastic. Edge rusher out of Florida State. Throw him into that Philly defense and start having them wreak a little bit of havoc. So I like uh, I like Jermaine Johnson there. Dig it. And then with pick 16, this will be our last one for the day. Wrap up part one. New Orleans Saints are on the clock and... 
this is where I've got my next offensive lineman going. So I've got Kenyon Green coming off of the board here, Texas A&M. Saints, again, have quite a few needs. I could maybe see them. I still have Kenny Pickett on the board here, possibly going Kenny Pickett, but I think they had kept giving Jameis one-year deals, and they finally gave him a two-year deal. So yeah, I just yeehaw. see that uh, maybe they're not convinced that they're going to grab a quarterback yet this year. So I'm going to have them grabbing up that O-line, beef up that O-line a little bit for the future quarterback or to help at least protect Jameis. Jameis went down with an ACL injury last year and need to protect the quarterback. So Kenyon Green coming off the board. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go QB position here. And I'm going to go, nope, not oh, yet. Not yet. Going Matt Corral. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, the, the Saints did work him out. He did work out for a number of teams, but the Saints did work him out there. Um, and I think that he does have, this will give him an opportunity to sit for a year behind Jameis. Not that Jameis is the greatest mentor ever, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> but yeah, but don't go I think into that, any grocery stores with him. <laughs> Was he trying to pretend crab that, the, were, that were those the the W's that he was licking? Were those was he pretending those were crab legs? No he was licking idea. his fingers. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. No, I I think I just think that the Saints are going to be ready to completely start over. And you know, with Drew Brees gone, with Sean Payton gone, they bring in Dennis Allen, but he was he almost feels like he's already an interim coach, at least at head coach. I think that they're going to give you know be ready to hand the reins over to Matt Corral after this season with a new head coach and, and just completely start over. So, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I don't know. I think Matt Corral's probably the, he, it's hard to, it's hard to grade these quarterbacks as to who's actually going to turn out to be the best. Cause there is no standout guy, Aww. but I really liked what I saw at a Corral. And, you know, we, I mean, in that, in the bowl game, he didn't have to play. And that's, you know, and then he ends up tearing, you know, he ends up getting injured. I believe it was just a it was a bad sprain, sprain yeah. really bad sprain. Um, but he looked really good in that bowl game. And, you know, I so I, I really liked what I saw at a corral. And there is no sure thing, obviously, in this draft. So I like corral here to the Saints. No, I, I like it. All right, that will wrap up part one of our mock draft. We'll be back with you tomorrow to get through the rest of the first round, talk a little Mexico Open, and wrap up season one of our podcast. But we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. We are also now on YouTube, so check us out there. You can see our nice, beautiful faces talking sports. But, uh, no, appreciate everybody out there listening. If you want to follow Jell and I, we can be found at Dawson Jell. I can be found at Dawson JPEG. Send us in any questions that you have. We'll hit you back or answer them on our next podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Where can they find us at, Jell? Hit us up on our presenting sponsor, Anchor, uh, both on and on the app at the Apple App Store or Google Play or via the web if you'd prefer to visit them there at anchor.fm. They allow us to do all of our presenting, editing, publishing, and everything uh, for free, for free, uh, on on that Anchor site and on on the app. It allows us to present this to you for free as well uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Make sure to also hit us up on YouTube, 
Just one more reminder, YouTube, you'll find our channel. Just search Dead Arm Sports. You'll see, again, you'll see this glory uh, available for you there. So, If anything, you have to check out the fire behind gel. I mean, it is it's Shit's just burning. Yes. <laughs> Disco Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, appreciate everybody out there listening. If you could tell a friend, family member, somebody about the podcast, it goes a long way in helping us spread the word, get you even more content. We'll be back with you to wrap up the week, finish out our mock draft tomorrow, and we will listen. We'll talk to you then. Joe, close us out. Hey, part two coming up tomorrow. Let's go.